Welcome everybody to Book of Boredom podcast, the 100th episode, with my good friend Adrian here, who's been on twice before. Say hello to everyone, Adrian. Hello, everyone. Say hello to everyone, Imogen. Hello! (laughs) Today, we're going to just try and read a few chapters and see how far we get. We're trying not to swear, for obvious reasons. Unlike usual, I've actually had to look up chapter 13 of Mosiah on the church's website, and it's got footnotes and everything, so this will be interesting just to see how they try and link stuff back to the Bible when it was never linked in the first place because Joseph Smith made it all up. That's right, it's just a story. He basically regurgitates the Ten Commandments in this chapter. When I loaded up the scripture on their website, they have like a video for it. And it's just Abenadi or Binadai. I like to call him Abenadi because he can really put an Australian tongue on it. Abenadi. 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 Give us your best Australian Imogen. Say Abenadi. Abenadi. <laughs> awesome. So Abenadi, he's just walking around and talking. The other actors in the scene have nothing else to say. It's just him talking and talking and talking. They must have had trouble staying awake that day of filming. It's just really like intense looks on all the other characters. Method acting. That's right. (laughs) If you're a Mormon, you've got to be method. Mm. All right, here's the preview that Jones usually does. Abenadi is protected by divine power. He teaches the Ten Commandments. Salvation does not come by the law of Moses alone. God himself will make an atonement and redeem his people about 148 BC. That's rather precise. And of course, because the church has said it, we know that this is absolutely accurate. Mm. I wonder what the BC stands for. Best boys class. Boys class. You know what? She's got it right. That's pretty much it. It's a very patriarchal church. (laughs) It's all right. First one. And now when the king had heard these words, he said unto his priests away with this fellow and slay him. For what have we to do with him? For he is mad. Verse two. And they stood forth and attempted to lay their hands on him, but he withstood them. He must be very strong. He's got a whole bunch of the king's manliest men there and they couldn't hold him down and said unto them touch me not (laughs) (laughs) touch me not there ah he has standards that's good to know that abenadi has standards about how he's touched when someone's trying to get their hands on you who says touch me not right you know get your hands off me that's right Get away. The next time someone wants to get aggressive with you, touch me not, for God shall smite you if ye lay your hands upon me. For I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which ye requested that I should tell. Therefore, God will not suffer that I shall be destroyed at this time. He's basically just reset everything he said at the end of the last chapter. Rehash, rehash, rehash. I wonder if Smitty, this was a different day for him. He'd probably come back the next day and felt like he needed to do a recap. A recap, exactly. Mm. All right, take it away, Brother Adrian. 
but I must fulfill the commandments wherewith God has commanded me, and because I have told you the truth, ye are angry with me. And again, because I have spoken the word of God, ye have judged me that I am mad. Oh, he's definitely mad. Now it came to pass that after Abinadi, Abinadi had spoken these words, the people of King Noah... There's a King Noah? There's a King Noah. Okay. Ah, it's not the Noah, though. It's a different Noah. Different Noah. Mm. King Noah Durst. <laughs> Can't say that word without laughing. Roll and roll and roll and roll. Durst not lay their hands on him, for the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and his face shone with exceeding luster. Oh. I wish I had his moisturizer. <laughs> Maybe he was radioactive, do you reckon? Maybe. <laughs> Even as Moses did while in the Mount of Sinai, while speaking with the Lord. How would he know? <laughs> <laughs> and he spoke with power and authority from God, and he continued his words, saying, Ye see that ye have not power to slay me, therefore I finish my message. That doesn't sound right. It sounds like he's talking baby talk. I play my drum for him, I finish my message. Yay, and I perceive that it cuts you to your hearts, because I tell you the truth concerning your iniquities. Yay, and my words fill you with wonder and amazement. <laughs> Do you feel full of wonder and amazement, Brother Adrian? Sounds like a motivational speaker where they just assume that everyone beholds them with wonder and amazement. Right, we'll call him Swami Abinadi. Uh, wonder and amazement and with anger. Oh, that's quite a contrast. Can anyone picture someone filled with both wonder and anger at the same time? That's some top-class method acting right there. That really is. That's some Steve Jobs-level reactions. Verse 9. But I finish my message. Oh, I don't believe him. <laughs> and then it matters not whither I go, if it so be that I am saved. Oh, come on, don't lie. You don't want to be sliced up and thrown to the lions. But this much I tell you. Only this much? <laughs> we only hoped. <laughs> what you do with me after this shall be as a type and a shadow of things which are oh. to come. <laughs> He's talking about Jesus again. And now I read unto you the remainder of the commandments of God. For I perceive that they are not written in your hearts. I wonder why they're trying to kill him. He's very perceptive. He says, I read unto you. Because when I watched the video earlier, he wasn't walking around reading it from a scroll. He was just talking it to all the people in the room. The auto cue was out of view from the camera. <laughs> I had a wicked back then. <laughs> For I perceive that they are not written in your hearts. I perceive that ye have studied and taught iniquity the most part of your lives. And now ye remember that I said unto you, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. I almost said garden image. Garden image, yes. just like Moroni in the garden. Yes. <laughs> or any likeness of things which are in heaven above, or which are in the earth beneath, or which are in the water under the earth. Hmm. And again, thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Oh. Visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children until the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. Yes, you've just regurgitated that from the Old Testament. Very good, Smitty. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. I don't know. I don't see much mercy from Yahweh in the Old Testament. He says, I am a jealous God. You make me angry. I will not just be angry at you. I'll be angry at your grandchildren <laughs> yeah. and their grandchildren. And Oh, so loving. I love you as long as you don't annoy me. And then I will be very vengeful. <laughs> 
thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Good God, that sounds like a lot. Mm. For the Lord will not... Hold him guiltless. Ah, oh, it's only him that he won't hold guiltless. I'm good then. That taketh his name in vain. Well, Jesus Christ, that sounds all right. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work. Fuck that off. I don't want to work six days in a row. That means no public holidays. <laughs> not the Sabbath day, the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor the cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Where do I find this stranger that is within my gates? And are they hot? For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Verse 20. Honour thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long. Oh, are they going to be boring too? Upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You couldn't pay me to live in that land. It's all desert and they all kill each other over there. I don't want your land. In fact, I don't want the USA either. I don't want Smitty's land and I don't want the OG land. Verse 21. Thou shalt not kill. Duh. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well... The results are pretty obvious if you do. If you want to play that game, you know what you're getting into. Thou shalt not steal. That's a good one too. 23. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbour. Yeah, that's a good one. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, <laughs> nor anything that is thy neighbour's. What if he has a really good ass and you're just like, oh, why doesn't my ass look like that? And it came to pass that after Abinadi had made an end of these sayings that he said unto them, have you taught this people that they should observe to do all these things for to keep these commandments? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> and they say unto you, nay. Hey, Imogen, can you do a sound like a horse? Can you do a... <laughs> <laughs> For if he had, the Lord would not have caused me to come forth and to prophesy evil concerning this people. Verse 27. And now ye have said that salvation cometh by the law of Moses. I say unto you that it is expedient that ye should keep the law of Moses as yet. But I say unto you that the time shall come when it shall no more be expedient. Expedient! <laughs> to keep the law of Moses. Not exactly ironclad then, is it? No. Do this for now, but yeah. there's going to be some time in the future we don't have to do this. That's right. Yeah. Of course he's talking about Jesus. All right, verse 28. And moreover, I say unto you that salvation doth not come by the law alone, and were it not for the atonement, which God himself shall, not just God shall, but himself, because somehow interjecting another word in there makes a difference to the meaning, which God himself shall make for the sins and iniquities of his people, that they must unavoidably perish, notwithstanding the law of Moses. Take it away, Brother Adrian. And now I say unto you that it was expedient, he likes that word, doesn't he? he that does. there should be a law given to the children of Israel. Yay! Even a very strict law, for they are a stiff-necked people, <laughs> oh. quick to do iniquity, and slow to remember the Lord their God. Therefore, there was a law given them. 
Yay! A law of performances and of ordinances. That rhymes. A law which they were to observe strictly from day to day to keep them in remembrance of God and their duty towards him. But behold, I say unto you that all these things were types of things to come. Oh, I hate how they bang on about types. Oh, it's a type of Christ. And the thing is, like, the Bible doesn't really talk about that sort of thing. This is a doctrine that happened later in interpreting the Bible, and it's just all the way through Smitty's way of thinking. Anyway, and now, did they understand the law? I say unto you, They did not all understand the law, and this because of the hardness of their hearts, for they understood not that there could not any man be saved except it were through the redemption of God. That sentence is terrible. Verse 33. For behold, did not Moses prophesy unto them concerning the coming of the Messiah, and that God should redeem his people? Are you ready for it? And even all the prophets who have prophesied ever since the world began, have they not spoken more or less concerning these things? I think Smitty's finally bored your kids to tears, Adrian. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Have they not said that God himself should come down among the children of men and take upon him the form of a man and go forth in mighty power upon the face of the earth? Ah, he wants him to come down and be upon the face of the earth. Oh, wow. I'm excited. In mighty power. Yeah, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the last verse, Brother Adrian. Yay. Yay. And have they not said also that he should bring to pass the resurrection of the dead and that he himself should be oppressed and afflicted? Oh, have they? I don't know. Why are you asking so many rhetorical questions? Do you want to give us the intro for chapter 14 this time? Isaiah speaks messianically. The Messiah's humiliation and sufferings are set forth. He makes his soul an offering for sin and makes intercession for transgressors. Compare Isaiah 53, about 148 BC. They're always on about trans something, aren't they, this church? My God. When it says compare, Isaiah, you should say that in a tagline of advertisements. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't think it doesn't suit to apply. Not to be confused with Isaiah 53. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Which also doesn't make any more sense than this. (laughs) All right, do you want to take the first three verses, Brother Adrian? I shall. Okay. Yay! Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He's revealing the arm again. He's pulling up a sleeve. Oh, maybe he is, just like Bob Hawke. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting down to business. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Don't think Smitty ever did farming, did he? No, but he was lazy and wanted to do something other than farming, I think. He hath no form nor comeliness. Oh, Oh. well. Such a plain person. (laughs) And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. It's so terribly written, just like driving along a bumpy road. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. That's a quote from Isaiah. Actually, if we click on the little hyperlink that they've got in here, it says... <laughs> they go a completely different way. I tapped on the hyperlink for despise and it takes you to Psalm 22 verse 6. 
but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. I wonder if he can do the worm. Such a great guy at parties. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, regurgitating more Isaiah like he likes to. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. I wonder what a transgression is. Transgression! <laughs> he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I bet Smitty liked to be chastised sometimes. That's probably why he was such a bad husband. And with his stripes, we are healed. Oh, I bet Smitty was healed a little bit too when those women lashed out at him. I think he liked it. He liked it. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. All right, Brother Adrian, take it away. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. A sheep or a lamb, make up your mind. Yeah, that's right. And are they killing it or are they just sharing it? I'm not sure. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? Well, not me. For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. He's not very creative. He's only got one mode. And that's just repeat, repeat, rinse and repeat over and over and over again. His wives must have been so bored with him. <laughs> and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no evil, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord oh. shall prosper in his hand. <laughs> oh, wow. We nearly finished this chapter. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Oh, very satisfied as he looked down at his hand and saw his seed. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Everyone, this is what happens when you try and read the Book of Mormon. You just start tuning out. Music starts playing in the back of your mind, and gibberish starts happening. People start talking in tongues. Because it's just so sleep-inducing. It's, what's that special word you taught me earlier, Adrian? Soporific. It's soporific. Superific! Not superific, it's... Soporific! Which means it's sleep-inducing. Chapter 15. <laughs> How Christ is both the Father and the Son. And your mother. And... <laughs> he will make intercession and bear the transgressions of his people. They and all the holy prophets are his seed. He brings to pass the resurrection. Little children have eternal life. About 148 BC. They've been stuck in time for the past few chapters. This must be a really long chat he's having. It's like interview with the vampire. The little girl just, just stuck to being a little girl forever. <laughs> So verse 1, And now Abinadi said unto them, 
I would that ye should understand that God himself shall come down among the children of men. In a bucket of water. Yes, what she said, and shall redeem his people. Oh, it's always the same story. We get it. We get it. We get it. <laughs> Verse 2. And because he dwelleth in flesh, he shall be called the Son of God, and having subjected the flesh to the will of the Father, hang on, but isn't he the Father? So having subjected the flesh to his own will really is what he's doing. All right, being the Father and the Son, what? Oh my God, he's getting all confused. They end the verse with an EM dash, that's convenient. Verse three, the Father, because he was conceived, by the power of God. I don't want to know about God's power if that's what it means. And the Son, because of the flesh, thus becoming the Father and Son. That just makes so much sense. I don't get it. The Father was conceived, therefore the Father was born? He needs to stop using the word flesh because it's all just sounding a little bit S&M like it usually does. Fleshy. Flesh. Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Verse four. And they are one God. Yay! Yay! The very eternal father of heaven and of earth. Why do you need to be very eternal? Isn't eternal saying it enough? That's right. Eternal is already very. It's like saying a little bit eternal. I'd be happy with only being a little bit eternal. Yeah. yeah. And thus the flesh becoming subject to the spirit, or the son to the father, being one God, if oh, I'm not confused enough, <laughs> suffereth temptation and yieldeth not. To the temptation. I don't doubt that this violin is probably improving this verse, but I've read a lot of long chapters, but this one really takes the cake. This is going to be hard. And thus the flesh, becoming subject to the spirit, or the son to the father, being one God, because it's very confusing, suffereth temptation and yieldeth not to the temptation, but suffereth himself to be mocked and scourged and cast out and disowned by his people. And after all this, after working... Many mighty miracles among the children of men. He shall be led. Yay! <laughs> Even as Isaiah said, as a sheep, before the shearer is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. But is it a shearer or is it the slaughter or both? Verse 7. Yay! Even so he shall be led, crucified and slain, the flesh becoming subject even unto death. The will of the Son being swallowed up in the will of the Father. But he is the Father, so he's swallowing up his own will. Ah, oh, he likes to swallow himself. That's interesting. I didn't know the Son would be so kinky. Verse 8. And thus God breaketh the bands of death, having gained the victory over death, giving the Son power to make intercession for the children of men. I don't think that verse means anything. Gaining victory over death. Hmm. Everyone else is still dying. Hmm. <laughs> having ascended into heaven, having the bowels of mercy. Bowels of mercy? What does that mean? I just can't imagine how bowels could give you anything that's merciful. But I guess if you have a pleasant bowel movement, then that's merciful bowels. Maybe it's relief after hemorrhoids. Right. Could be. Being filled with compassion towards the children of men, standing betwixt them and justice, <laughs> having broken the bands of death. No more death metal bands up there. No. <laughs> Taken upon himself their iniquity and their transgressions, having redeemed them and satisfied the demands of justice. 
Verse 10. And now I say unto you, who shall declare his generation? Behold, I say unto you that when his soul has been made an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Oh, he's saying it again. He just said this before, didn't he? And now what say ye? <laughs> and who shall be his seed? I don't know. Are you asking me a question or is this rhetorical? And what do you got to say for that? Huh? And now what say ye? It's like, I don't know. You're telling the story. This guy just died and he saw his seed as he died. I mean, it's a pretty big statement. I'm still just sitting with it. Behold, I say unto you that whosoever has heard the words of the prophets, yay, all the holy prophets who have prophesied concerning the coming of the Lord, I say unto you that all those who have hearkened unto their words and believe that the Lord would redeem his people and have looked forward to that day for a remission <laughs> of their sins. I say unto you that these are his seed. <laughs> All right, he's getting very graphic about what his seed is. And they are heirs of the kingdom of God. Right, thanks for that, Smitty. Verse 12. For these are they whose sins he has borne. They are they for whom he has died. To redeem them from their transgressions. I think this episode will have to be called transgressions. He's used that word, I don't know how many times, oh, and seed. But I mean, that's just the Book of Mormon for you. He likes to say that word a lot. And now, are they not his seed? Question mark. Yea, and are not the prophets, everyone that has opened his mouth oh, to prophesy, that has not fallen into transgression? I mean, all the holy prophets? Ever since the world began. I mean, all the holy prophets ever since the world began. I mean, I don't know. What does he mean? <laughs> I say unto you that they are his seed. Oh, stop telling us about his seed. Jesus Christ. Verse 14, and these are they who have published peace, who have brought good tidings of good. <laughs> as Brother Ben said, as opposed to good tidings of bad. <laughs> who have published salvation and said unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. <laughs> and oh, how beautiful upon the mountains were their feet. <laughs> And again, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those that are still publishing peace. Smitty's just talking about his foot fetish. And again, how beautiful upon the mountains <laughs> are the feet of those who shall hereafter publish peace. He really likes these feet, but only if they're on mountains. Yay! Yay. From this time, henceforth, and forever. Forever? And behold, I say unto you, this is not all. For, oh, how beautiful upon oh, the mountains are the feet. <laughs> of him that bringeth good tidings, that is the founder of peace. He's stuck in a loop. Can somebody kick Smitty in the side? <laughs> <laughs> yea, even the Lord who has redeemeth his people. Yea, him who has granted salvation unto his people. If he says the mountains and the feet again, I think I'm going to cry. Verse 19, For were it not for the redemption which he hath made for his people, which was prepared from the foundation of the world, I say unto you, were it not for this, all mankind must have perished. But behold, the bands of death shall be broken again. Doesn't like those death metal bands. No, he must really hate. Megadeth? Slayer? He mustn't be a fan of Norwegians. No. 
He just wants to break them up. And the sun reigneth and hath power over the dead. Therefore he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead. And there cometh a resurrection. I think you just mentioned that. Even a first resurrection. Oh, does there have to be two? <laughs> Everything you do, Smitty, is just repeated. So of course there's a first resurrection and a second. And I bet there's a third too. Dickhead. Yay! Even a resurrection of those that have been and who are and who shall be, even until the resurrection of Christ, for so shall he be called. And now, the resurrection of all the prophets and all those that have believed in their words, or all those that have kept the commandments of God, shall come forth in the first resurrection. Therefore, they are the first resurrection. Oh, Christ. Groan. Why? Why oh. is that bit at the end there? Why? Verse 23. They are raised to dwell with God. Lucky them. Who has redeemed them? Thus they have eternal life through Christ, who has broken the bands of death. He loves this broken the bands of death thing. And what are they going to do with God? Okay, so they're going to live with God. Why is that good? Mm. He doesn't tell us. And these are those who have part in the first resurrection, and these are they that have died before Christ came, in their ignorance, not having salvation declared unto them. And thus the Lord bringeth about restoration of these, and they have a part in the first resurrection, or have eternal life. Mm. But not both. <laughs> they get to choose. Behind door number one. Or do you choose door number two? Behind one door, the first resurrection. Behind the second door, eternal life. I wonder what's behind the third door. The seed. The seed. <laughs> it's a room full of seed. Yes. Nothing else. Or have eternal life, being redeemed by the Lord. Uh, verse 25. And little children also have eternal life. That's a bit of an afterthought there, isn't it? He was thinking through his doctrine. He was getting carried away with repeating things. It's like, oh, I better get that bit in. Yes, the Mormons do have this thing. I think if you're under seven or something, you automatically go to heaven. So it doesn't matter whether you're saved or not. 19th century, so much child mortality. Yeah. It's, it's like people, and if you say, don't worry, if you didn't get them baptized, that's or whatever right. you're, supposed you're to all do, good. You're all good. That's right. You've got a holiday for seven years. Verse 26, but behold and fear. Well, which one do you want me to do? Behold and fear and tremble before God. That's a lot of things you're asking me to do. And then it says... Oh, yeah, you ought to tremble. Yeah, that's the one he really wants us to do. So why doesn't he just say tremble? Hmm. Uh, because he's verbose. For the Lord redeemeth none such that rebel against him and die in their sins. Yay! Yay. Even all those that have perished in their sins ever since the world began that have willfully rebelled against God, that have known the commandments of God and would not keep them. Yes, that's what willfully rebelling means. <sighs> what are you, a dictionary? These are they that have no part in the first resurrection. Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Skeletor or Rusty? I'm not sure. Uh, is it your girl or not? 
<laughs> Do your best, Skeletor. Therefore, ought ye not to tremble, for salvation cometh to none such, for the Lord has redeemeth none such. Yea, neither can the Lord redeem such, for he cannot deny himself, for he cannot deny justice when it has a claim. He can't deny himself. Oh, uh, he's so horny for justice right now. Uh, and now I say unto you that the time shall come that the salvation of the Lord shall be declared to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. <laughs> people. Thy watchmen shall lift up their voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye, when the Lord shall bring again Zion. What the hell are they seeing eye to eye to? Like, what does that mean? Maybe they're just very short, and if they're going to see eye to eye, everyone needs to be the same level. Maybe they actually make watches. Maybe. Mm, mm. They're a watchmaker. Gotcha. I think it's my turn, isn't it? Yeah. Break forth into joy. Oh, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. <laughs> Slums and wastewater treatment plants. That's right. Sing together in the sewers. Mm. For the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. You know what? I don't even care. I don't want to live in Jerusalem. It seems like a shithole. Full of crazy religious people. It's full of crazy religious people. That's right. Verse 31, the Lord hath made bare his holy arm. He's doing it again. In the eyes of all the nations, he's rolling up his sleeves, just like Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke. Just one arm. He must want to show off his tats. <laughs> That's right. He's like Popeye. He's got some anchor there or something. <laughs> and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Oh, oh, so boring. So boring. Oh, my God. That's just the worst movie. Ever. Chapter 16 <laughs> God redeems men from their lost and fallen state. Those who are carnal remain as though there were no redemption. Christ brings to pass a resurrection to endless life or to endless damnation. Oh, I could use ending this life right now. About 148 BC. Oh, they're still at 148. This is a really long sermon. I'm surprised the king has let him talk this long. And now it came to pass... But after Abinadi had spoken these words, he stretched forth his hand and said, The time shall come when all shall see the salvation of the Lord. When every nation, kindred, tongue, and people shall see eye to eye. See, they've got to be all equal height. Right. That's why they've got to be raised up, because people aren't all the same height. And that's why they all need to breed with each other, because they all need to look the same mm. to do that. Mm. Ah, hence the Mormon look. I get it now. And shall confess before God that his judgments are just. His judgments are just. <laughs> and then shall the wicked be cast out, and they shall have cause to howl and weep and wail <laughs> and gnash their teeth. Because they read this book. And this because they would not hearken unto the voice of the Lord, therefore the Lord redeemeth them not. Okay, great. Sounds like being cast out is pretty preferable to staying with that lot. 
Oh, yes. Oh, they are carnal and devilish. Sounds like fun, don't they? That does sound great. And the devil has power over them. Yay! Yay. Even that old serpent that did beguile our first parents. (laughs) She's putting the blame on both of them now, not just on Eve. Oh, look, they're not being so sexist anymore. That's interesting. Changing. Mm. Not much, though. (laughs) Which was the cause of their fall? Which was the cause of all mankind becoming carnal, sensual, devilish, knowing evil from good, subjecting themselves to the devil? So it's not all bad, then, is it? It's weird, that knowing evil from good, though. Can you really do good if you don't know evil from good? Exactly. (laughs) Thus, all mankind were lost, and behold, they would have been endlessly lost, were it not for Smitty, (laughs) were it not that God redeemed his people from their lives, lost and fallen state, but remember that he that persists in his own carnal nature and goes on in the ways of sin and rebellion against God remaineth in his fallen state, and the devil hath all power over him. Therefore he is as though there was no redemption made. Being an enemy to God and also is the devil an enemy to God. Just in case you weren't up with that little fact. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> so, so devil's not on the same <laughs> side as God? Oh. Yeah, I picked up on that several chapters back, but thanks. <laughs> and now, if Christ had not come into the world, speaking of things to come as though they had already come, Come, there could have been no redemption. All right, Brother Adrian, your turn on Lucky Seven. And if Christ had not risen from the dead for that memorable long weekend, (laughs) or have broken the bands of death again, again, that the grave should have no victory and that death should have no sting. I'm glad sting isn't part of this death metal band. That would have been really boring. You don't want to cross genres like that. (laughs) There could have been no resurrection. But there is a resurrection. Therefore, the grave hath no victory. And the sting of death is swallowed up in Christ. The sting of death. Wow. A mental image of a man eating a bee now. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm probably chew that before you swallow. That's right. Crunchy. That's right. Mm. Like eating a scorpion's tail or something oh, like that. Oh, yum. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't scrape you on the way down. Spicy. <laughs> He is the light and the life of the world. Yay! Yay. A light that is endless, that can never be darkened. Uh, Yay! yay. And also a life which is endless, that there can be no more death. It's endless just like this book. Mm. Verse 10. Even this mortal shall put on immortality. Contradiction in terms, isn't it? Right. Who's he talking about? That doesn't make sense. And this corruption shall put on incorruption. I'm sure there's a lot of politicians that would like to do that. Mm. And shall be brought to stand before the bar (laughs) of God to be judged of him according to their works, whether they be good or whether they be bad. Fancy that, huh? He's really breaking new ground there on the whole good versus evil plot. You get your dollars worth every verse with this book. You really do. Verse 11, if they be good, what is this, Santa Claus? If they be good to the resurrection of endless life and happiness. Why are they happy though? Endless happiness, just get a lobotomy. Right. (laughs) I don't know why they're happy up there with God. He never says what they're doing that's so happy inducing. It's just that you're with God. 
And if they be evil to the resurrection of endless damnation, I wonder what they'll be doing there. Being delivered up to the devil who hath subjected them, which is damnation. What is this sentence? Mm, verse 12. Having gone according to their own carnal wills and desires, having never called upon the Lord while the arms of mercy were extended towards them. <laughs> I wonder if it was a bear arm. And they would not. They, being wanted of their iniquities. Warned of their iniquities. And yet they would not depart from them. And they were commanded to repent. And yet they would not repent. Oh my God. <sighs> and you know what? When you started reading, that was mid-sentence from where I left off. That was all one sentence. And it didn't make any sense whatsoever. I want to put that into chat GPT and see what it thinks. I might do that later. And now, ought ye not to tremble and repent of your sins and remember that only in and through Christ ye can be saved. Nah, I think I'm good. Nah. I ought not. Uh, therefore, if ye teach the law of Moses, also teach that it is a shadow of those things which are to come. Uh, enough for shadowing, jeez. Yeah, you want to finish off that last verse. This doesn't even make sense. I know. Teach them that redemption cometh through Christ the Lord, who is the very eternal Father. Amen. Hmm. Well, thank you, Brother Adrian, for sharing part of your life that you'll never get back reading this horseshit with us today. You're looking at something interesting there. Would you like to share it with us? Are you reading ahead? No, I was just uh, scanning back to see how many references of bare arms there are. You know? <laughs> no. We are in summertime here, so we see many bare arms. Oh, that's right. We're pretty big on bare arms in Australia. The aforementioned Prime Minister had a very iconic political moment where he rolled up his sleeves on national television to show that he was one of the working men and he was getting back to work. One of those motivational press releases. Ugh, groan. Groan. I don't know who I dislike more, the past Prime Minister or Smitty. Right, right. Or any Prime Minister, really. Any politician. Any politician. They're all pretty terrible. Yes. Humanity, we're not that great. No. <laughs> Do you feel enlightened and do you feel rejuvenated after reading that uplifting passage <laughs> about people dying? All I can say, I'm overjoyed that I don't have to read it again a second time. That's right. That's awesome. We have read four chapters of this silly book, Caning Through the Book of Mormon. Now, I'd just like to thank you for helping me do that today. It's been fun. Do you have any last thoughts, Brother Adrian, before we terminate this particular recording? I cannot believe how many chapters there are in Mosiah. I know, right? You wouldn't think he has anything more to say, and actually we know he doesn't, and yet somehow he fleshes it out. <laughs> I will at least give thanks that while there may be a book of Isaiah and a Mosiah, there's no book of Shmosiah. <laughs> That's right, there's no book of Shmosiah. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.